Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. On. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing David J.P. Fisher, also known as D. Fish. David shows professionals how to harness the power of relationships to uncover new opportunities and make existing business easier. He helps individuals and organizations win more business by building their digital influence and creating human connections. When he speaks to audiences, he shares with them how they can become sales Sherpas and guide their prospects and clients as they travel the buyer's journey. A lot of his work also focuses on the latest innovations in social selling, personal branding, and professional networking. He has written seven books, including the bestsellers Hyperconnected Selling and Networking in the 21st Century. He's also the host of Beer, Beats, and Business, a podcast which provides listeners access to conversations with entrepreneurs, salespeople, business owners, writers, and others who are leading their industries. Whether it's speaking, training, coaching, or writing, his focus is to help professionals be better professionals. D. Fish, thanks for being on the podcast today. I'm fired up to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, first off, can you kind of walk us through you know, your background and experience and kind of how you got to where you are today? Sure. <laughs> the very long origin story in one minute. Um, you know, <laughs> right. My background actually is in sales, but I kind of came up through the old school method of selling. I, while I was in college, I started working for a company called Cutco, which is a oh, uh, yeah. direct sales organization. I mean, you might be familiar with them, the kitchen knife. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it was, a, it was a really uh, great experience, and it was an opportunity to really learn the basic fundamentals of selling at a very young age. Um, I was pretty successful with them, was one of their top salespeople, and then moved into management. And it was a really exciting opportunity because I was basically a, a 22-year-old. I ran the Chicago office with really no clue as to what I was doing. So I kind of learned, <laughs> learned, you know, in the trenches, baptism uh, by fire. But it was really exciting to have an opportunity to run basically a, a half a million dollar a year sales company while still learning. And I interviewed thousands of people in my career there. I trained over 1,500 sales people. So I got a chance to see sales, not only from the practitioner point of view, from the person on the field, but also seeing how to manage, how to motivate, how to train, how to coach. It was just an invaluable experience. And then, uh, you know, after in my mid-20s, I moved on to work for Brinks, the security company. I was their sales manager here in Chicago. 
uh, which was a lot of fun. And then after that, I really realized that I like being my own boss and I like, <laughs> I like selling people, but I like selling people on themselves and really on selling them on their ability to really succeed and to, to achieve their goals. And so that's when I started Rockstar Consulting almost 15 years ago now. So I'm getting old. I started it when I was 12, so I'm still young. <laughs> but no, um, and since then, the practice has evolved, uh, you know, from be coaching and working with salespeople and entrepreneurs and solopreneurs on their sales processes and, and sales management processes to doing group coaching. And I started writing books on networking. I built my business has been built strictly through relationship building. So I started writing books on how I did that and also got kind of wrapped up in LinkedIn very early on. I was one of the first million people on LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, this is such a great tool for building relationships and really supporting our offline work. So I was kind of an early trainer on that, got to do some really cool work with LinkedIn, was actually part of a a startup firm that was a LinkedIn partner for training and branding. So really got to understand how to use some of these tools for selling. You know, I, I think that a lot of the digital technology that's out there is great, but it's not necessarily built by salespeople. And so we mm. kind of had to translate and figure out how to use these tech tools in the sales space. But that's been kind of a, a fun thing. And so these days I'm doing a lot of speaking and, and training around those topics. Of, you know, how do we bring that the old school sitting across from the customer or the prospect and trying to convince them to move forward in a certain direction, take those skills and combine them with the technology and combine them with the digital communication. So it's been a lot of fun. That's how I got to where I am today and what I'm doing. Absolutely. And that is a ton of, there's so many gems in there, you know, throughout your experience. I mean, the first thing that got my attention is definitely going door to door. For anyone who is in sales, the absolute best sales experience trial by fire can you sell training nothing beats door to door you know walking up to someone's home as a complete stranger and you're there for the purpose of selling them something it's super nerve-wracking to do but if you can get good at that um, you can really sell anything so i'm really interested just to kind of touch on that i mean you work on all sides of the sales process or the sales team, you know, you were out in the field selling, you were managing salespeople, you were hiring and training salespeople. What are some things that, let's say that you learn through door-to-door sales that you feel like people just can't get anywhere else? That's a great question. I think, you know, I was 20 when I started selling and I've had a lot of jobs before that, but nothing really on a professional level. And I think the biggest thing that I learned as a young salesperson sitting, you know, across the kitchen table from Mr. and Mrs. Jones is that it really is, and I've carried it to this day, it's, it's a couple things. I really learned the, the importance of connecting with the person as a person. I think a lot of times in selling, we can forget that and we, we think about what we want. We think about what we're trying to accomplish and we think about our processes and our scripts and all that kind of stuff. And we forget that really it's about connecting with the person across the table. And I think one thing that I had to learn, people always told me, oh, you'll be great at sales. You're you're great at talking. It's really the opposite. What I learned over the course of time is that the best way to, to, to quote unquote, sell someone is actually to ask questions, 
shut up, <laughs> let the person answer those questions, and then figure out with that information, hey, is there a way that I can solve the challenges they had? You know, instead of even going back to selling knives, instead of me saying, hey, all these knives are awesome, chop, 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 you should buy them all. I learned how to go, hey, do you like to cook? Because <laughs> maybe you don't. And if you don't, that's great. You should buy these knives because they'll make it even faster. Instead of putting my opinions and my beliefs on that prospect, I really said, hey, what are you about? What are the challenges you have? And then how do I show you the ways that what I'm offering can actually help you solve those challenges? And when you do that, it becomes a collaborative process versus a confrontational process. And I think that that's what sales really is. Mm, definitely. Definitely. All about listening and just solving problems. And really, I like to think of it as sitting on the same side of the table as the prospect rather than across from them. Absolutely. Kind of helping them out. I learned from a mentor once, and it's funny you use that metaphor because I learned to do that literally. And I had a mentor teach me this, and it would totally work. You know, if you're ever sitting there with a, a prospect and they're they're interested, but they're they're maybe there's an objection, they, the price is a problem. Something's like, hey, get up from the table, go and literally sit next to them, and say, we're going to figure this out together. And it sounds strange, mm-hmm. but it totally works because right, it's yeah, it's like sitting on the same side, going, hey, we're we're in this as a team not me trying to convince you to do something. Yeah, it's like a huge frame shift, like mentally, psychologically. Um, it's way more comforting, definitely. So yep. I'd like to know, you've had a lot of experience with not only sales on all sides of, of the coin of the process, but also with technology. Um, you specifically touched on LinkedIn being an early adopter of the platform. Um, what are some things that you saw back then about LinkedIn and how it's changed and kind of what emerging trends are you starting to see in the marketplace when it comes to selling technology, you know, online networking? Yeah, it's been fascinating to watch the adoption of digital tools into the sales process. And one of the ways I think about it is 10, 20 years ago, or let's say 20 years ago, there was maybe three channels that you had to communicate with the prospect, right? You could literally go knock on their door. You could uh, give them a phone call, uh, send them a letter, maybe fax them. That was it. Now there's just Mm -hmm. tens and hundreds of different ways to get in touch with people. And I think very early on, people didn't really understand, I think, the power of the digital space. And it was probably only about two years ago. I mean, that recent where I really started to see a shift that's especially in the sales world, that people are understanding that this wasn't just another thing to do, but actually a new way of doing things. I think a lot of sales professionals were like, hey, I'm already super busy. So the idea of using LinkedIn to communicate or updating a LinkedIn profile or using Twitter to reach out to somebody or Facebook or whatever the platform was, they just thought it was something on their to-do list and it was something that always dropped down uh, to the bottom. Yep. So it never got done. And they started to realize, oh, no, wait, the, my prospects are on these platforms. My prospects are there and are willing to engage with me if I'm able to reach out. And so I think that's when we're, and we're still in the process of seeing that where sales professionals really understand that it is another venue to actually engage and to build that, that conversation. I think a lot of people are using it wrong because we're still seeing a lot of salespeople, for example, and 
let's use LinkedIn specifically, they think, oh, here's another tool I can use to just cold call people, (laughs) right? That I can just do like a bunch of cold, like when email came along, they're like, oh, now I can cold email. And now there's LinkedIn. I can cold LinkedIn message or send them in mails or, or tweet at them, whatever it might be. And I think it's really important that we understand that because of all these channels, people's attention is so fractured and there's so little extra time they have. If we're not respecting it, they're not going to give us any any of their attention. And so I think that really the other thing that I've seen happen slowly, but it's starting to finally catch on is salespeople understanding that they have to kind of show up in these spaces as a resource, as an expert. You know, the idea of crafting a link profile, for example, that actually talks about how you help your customers so that when they do come to your profile, they go, oh, this person is you know, here to help me. He's not just bragging about hitting quota at 125% and making a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. right. And so really showing up at these spaces and going, hey, I help customers. Here's how I help them. This is why I do it. You might not need something from me now, but let's start that conversation so that in six months, I am somebody who can help you with that problem. I call it being a sales sherpa, as you mentioned at the top of the show. It's like, how do you become that Sherpa, that guide? A big part of it is building the trust right up front. Mm. Yeah. And when you mention, you know, just using LinkedIn as, you know, another channel for um, just cold outreach and how it's not being used correctly and how salespeople are just kind of seeing these tools as the new shiny thing, but not really a part of what they're doing. As a sales manager, I want to ask you this, or as having been a sales manager, I want to ask you this. You know, I feel that it's really tough for salespeople to adopt these new technologies and then even start using them well because they're just not incentivized to use them by their superiors, by management. And when I say that, it's like I've been in sales organizations where, you know, they're tracking how many calls and emails you make per day and they want a high volume of it. And, you know, high activity is good, but it's like they're not giving salespeople the slack they need to actually try stuff and actually get better at using these tools and kind of getting these, getting these results from using them because it's not seen as kind of a direct sale, right? I make a call, I set a meeting, I send an email, I set a meeting, great job. You know, it's not like that. It takes more time invested up front, but the returns later on are larger. Hope that makes sense. How can a salesperson who's frustrated um, wants to use this new technology, wants to use LinkedIn better, how can they do that but still have time to, like, keep their bosses happy? That makes sense. (laughs) That makes complete sense. And I would actually suggest that that is actually one of the biggest challenges facing the sales uh, profession, sales industry, whatever you want to call it right now, is that there's this conflict. The reality is most people in sales management, most sales leadership, just generationally, they came up when you could pound the phones, you could dial for dollars, and that was effective, right? People were actually Mm -hmm. picking up the phone. People would talk to somebody. And I think that the idea of social selling or using social media for sales, in some ways, it went too far the other direction or it was misunderstood where a lot of the detractors were like, oh, no, you're just trying to say that 
calling doesn't work at all. Heck, I'm on the phone every day when I sell, right? It's, there's still a need to talk to people and, and sometimes have that outreach. But a lot of sales organizations, as you just identified, don't incentivize, don't recognize the need for doing some of this investment up front. We're starting to see that change, but sales leadership is freaking out right now because they are seeing all of the outreach numbers go down, way down. I mean, all the stats on cold calling, for example, it's, it's abysmal. It's super low as far as success rates, conversion rates, same thing with cold email, et cetera, et cetera. So of course, as a human being, if things aren't going well, we tend to double down on what we know, even if it doesn't work. That's happening. That dynamic is playing out where the sales management is getting pressure from up top to sell more. And so they tell their teams, well, just do whatever we've been doing, but do it more. Yeah, that's stressful. Uh, and that's yes. why you see churn from mm-hmm. salespeople. You see low effectiveness. Here's what I would say to somebody who's in an organization like that. Have a conversation with your sales manager and say, hey, I think there's going to be value that's coming out of me doing some digital work, some social work, you know, having a good presence, doing some posting, engaging with some people through these mediums like LinkedIn or Sales Navigator, LinkedIn, or any of the other digital tools. Is it all right with you if I can carve out, you know, 15% of my time to focus on that? You know, will you su- support me in that? Just, just understand that, hey, I might not make those, those 10 extra dials, but I will use that. The other thing you can do is actually create some metrics around your social engagement. So it's hard. You're right. It's not necessarily direct. It's not, hey, I sent it. I posted this LinkedIn article and then I got three leads, right? The next day. It's not always that direct, but you can start tracking like activity. You can say, hey, I reached out to, you know, 20 people this week or I posted 10 times or I, on this platform, I engaged with the posts of 20 of our prospects, or I did research on five of my accounts and I got this. And you can start tracking that activity. Because if you do that over time, even though it's not a direct, you get results from it. But I think that's a conversation that is valuable to have with your leadership. And one of the things I do suggest if you're going to have that conversation is kind of walk in with a plan. You can do quick Google search, right? And find a bunch of articles on how to kind of structure a social selling program. Just do that initial research. Say, hey, here's the three things I want to do every week. Is it okay if I carve out a little bit of my time to do that? And I also report on it to you. But, uh, you know, can you just not just be beating me up trying to get an extra five dials from me during that half hour that I spend doing the social work? Does that make sense? Absolutely. The metrics piece, I think is is crucial because in especially in those organizations it's it's all about the sales force or CRM reporting or they they want to see some hard numbers behind it. Hard numbers are good. There's nothing wrong with data, but I completely understand you can't just go on there and say frame it like hey I I kind of want to try some things on the internet. It's going to be it's right. got to be like hey <laughs> I've done some research. This is what works. I want to try this out. Um, here's how it translates to activity and results. And here's how we can track it. And here's what you know I propose we do. Because if you're proposing this, if you're proposing this to your boss, they're probably going to know less about it than you. 
or else they would have mentioned something before to you about kind of social selling or kind of taking that on. So there's going to be part an education process, but there needs to be some sort of guidelines in place that they can track your progress. So that definitely makes sense. Exactly. And kind of leads into, we've been talking about some topics that are in your book. I kind of like to, if you could, <laughs> I don't want to ask you to stump your whole book here <laughs> in in uh, several minutes. I know that's probably impossible, but, you know, hyper-connected selling, winning more business by leveraging digital influence and creating human connection. Can you kind of tell us um, kind of the ethos behind this book and kind of how it all comes together? And sorry for that terrible setup, but <laughs> can you kind of... <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we actually really are touching on kind of the cornerstone of the book. And really what I am looking at is this evolution of the sales process. I personally feel that what selling is, is evolving right now. And a lot of the pushback we're seeing from kind of the entrenched sales establishment is because the world is changing underneath their feet. And we don't necessarily have all the answers to what it's going to look like, but we've got some really good ideas. And I think a really easy way of explaining the book and what I'm talking about is looking at how we buy versus how we sell. So if you think about how we buy stuff now, it's very different. And the reason why is because of technology, because we can get information, we can get research, we can know everything about something before we talk to a salesperson, which is very different than in the past, right? And 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if you wanted to buy a car, you just went to the lot and had to trust a salesperson, right? Now you can figure mm -hmm. out everything you want to know about a car before you go in and talk to that salesperson. And that applies in our personal lives, but definitely B2B. It used to be the salesperson walked in with the information and gave it to their prospect. That's why the prospect would be willing to talk to us on the phone because, hey, maybe this salesperson does have some information about the, the new widget or the new machine that would help our company save 20%. These days, if I'm a, a prospect, I can go and research your software platform or your whatever solution mm -hmm. you're selling. I can get case studies and white papers and reviews. So as a salesperson, we have to get over this idea that our value is in providing information. That's a commodity now. And instead, what we have to realize is that our job is to help people use that information more effectively. And going back to that idea of being a sales Sherpa, when a Sherpa is guiding somebody up a mountain, everybody knows where they're trying to go. You can see the mountaintop, but the Sherpa has been there before. The Sherpa knows the shortcuts. They know the pitfalls. They guide the person up that mountain. And in the same way, it's about becoming that resource for your prospects, for your customers. Sales is no longer transactional. If you sell a transactional product, you're going to need to find a new job because it, technology will replace you, right? Uh, yep. You know, think about appliance sales people. There's no more appliance sales people because I'll go to Amazon and buy a television in an afternoon in my pajamas if I wanted to, just in my computer. So those jobs are going away. But what isn't being replaced is the role of being a human being, connecting with that other human being, right? That prospect, helping them uncover their needs, get clear about what their needs are because they don't even know or the organization's goals might be changing and shifting. And you're kind of 
managing different people in the process, right? And being able to go, hey, here's the problem you have. Here's our solution. It might actually help you. Oh, but you know, in this case, it might not. And, and let's kind of figure this out together. It is going to take a little longer. It's not a direct linear sales process anymore. But there's a lot of really important things that you can do uh, as far as prospecting, as far as funnel management, as far as closing that aren't necessarily the old school hustle and just pound the phones, but really about engaging with uh, prospects. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, definitely. For someone who's very interested in getting started, let's say they've mentioned the idea to their boss and kind of talked about some high points and, and they've got the green light. What is kind of a, a way for them to dip their toe in the water or get started? You know, they don't want to get inundated with info, all the stuff that's out there online, but they like your approach. They like your approach and kind of the things you've written about in your book, and they kind of want to take a one, two, three-step process to kind of just take an offer launch pad? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I got to plug myself a little bit. DavidJPFisher.com. Uh, I've got a blog mm -hmm. there that actually has a lot of tactical articles on how to develop a social selling program for yourself and for your organization. But what I would tell somebody who comes to me is, you know, let's say they're in B2B sales, they're like, hey, I need to get on this trend. I need this to really engage here. There's a couple of things I would suggest right away. The first is for B2B, especially LinkedIn right now is the powerhouse. It's the big gorilla. You've got to get that one right. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's good to focus there. And then if you want to add something like Twitter in or Facebook, Instagram, not as effective uh, necessarily for B2B, but if you want to play in that pool, that'll be fine. But get LinkedIn right for sure. The first thing to do is actually look at your profile because understand any activity will always point back to you. I suggest this to salespeople all the time. Go Google yourself. Put your name in and your city or your name and your company and see what those first couple hits are because that's what your customers are doing. That's what your prospects are doing. Somebody you're trying to set in a meeting with, if they accept the meeting, right? they're going to go look you up. And so what you do is you look at your LinkedIn profile, especially, and you go, is this telling my visitor how I help my customers. If you just say, well, I'm a super successful results-oriented sales executive who always closes a ton of business and always hits my quota and I'm hard charging, blah, blah. Like that doesn't, that doesn't help the customer go, gosh, I want to engage with this person because they care about me. That actually pushes them away, right? Mm -hmm. But if you say, hey, here's my approach. Here's what our company does. Here's why you'd want to engage with me. Here's what I'm able to do for the type of, for the customers I work with. When you have that message on your profile and, you know, even through your, your photo and through your company listing and your recommendations and your skills and endorsements, somebody goes, hey, this is a guy or this is a gal who knows what they're talking about. Okay, I can trust them, right? We've got that little bit of trust. So I would say that that's the first place to start. And then the, from that, there's a couple things. One is look to start connecting with the people in your sphere of influence or who you'd like in your sphere of influence. Don't just randomly try to connect with every prospect that you want at every account you have, but rather start doing a little research and saying, hey, that person at that account, I'd like to know. I think we might be able to help. But then do a little research on them. Send, take five minutes to look through their profile and say, hey, I'd love to connect because I know you do this kind of work. We often do this kind of help work with our 
potential clients and clients. You might not need our services now, but I'd love to engage and start planting those seeds. That starts to build your network. And then from there, I would say start engaging with the people in your network. Even if you don't want to post content, just engaging with the prospects and the customers and your colleagues and your partners on digital platform, it lets you be seen. And again, you start to build that credibility, that trust that you know what you're talking about, that you're somebody who can be a resource. Again, those are places where you can start to put those metrics in. You can say, hey, I'm going to engage with five pieces of content that I see on my newsfeed every day. Or I'm going to research and add 10 people to my network every week. Even Mm. those are great places to start. Like it sounds very small, but that adds up. I mean, if you're engaging with, for example, five pieces of content that people in your network are sharing every day, that's 25 interactions. And it's much more likely to have positive effect in the long term than just trying to like call people again, right? Or sending another email that just gets ignored. So those are, I think, some of the places I would really suggest starting. To your point about it's not always direct, it's not always sexy either. But I had an early mentor tell me back, you know, when I was sending people's kitchen cell knives, it's about blocking and tackling, right? The basics. Mm. As long as you do the basics well consistently over time, you'll be successful. And that's what I tell salespeople when they want to get into social selling. It's actually harder than just banging on the phone or banging doors and because it requires some thought, it requires some strategy, but it's way more effective long-term. That's where I start. Awesome. Make sure your profile's on point. Start connecting with people in your sphere of influence and making that sphere of influence larger and start engaging with that network. Yep. Excellent. I love it. I love it. Well, DFish, this has been great. Um, you dropped a ton of great knowledge in this episode. Uh, where can people get in touch with you if they'd like to discuss, you know, working with you, using your services, or just want more information about you and your company? My online home is uh, an easy way to find me. It's davidjpfisher.com. I am on all the major social networks as well. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, it's linkedin.com slash in slash I-M-D-Fish. That's I-A-M-D-F-I-S-H. I'm on Twitter, at DFishRockstar. And you can always shoot me an email, dfish at davidjpfisher.com. Love to engage, love to answer any questions and help in any way that I can. Awesome. Oh, and all the books are available on Amazon. I always forget to say that. Just search (laughs) for me on Amazon. They're all there. Perfect. Love it. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.